welcome to Healthy Perspectives with Jeremiah, a podcast that brings you current social and cultural issues through a clinical lens. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Rumble, YouTube, all kinds of places to look for us. Please like and subscribe on any of them or all of them. We also love interacting with our audience, so join us on all the social platforms such as LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and many more. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you're having a great day. Uh, today, I'm going to hit a little bit of a harder topic. And those of you who <clears throat> are watching on YouTube or Rumble, you might notice that I'm wearing the same exact shirt as in my last podcast. That's because I did them on the same day. I do change clothes. Hopefully that uh, little bit of comedy is okay for you. Uh, as a therapist, I've, I'm, I'm tasking myself to take a look at cultural issues. And this is not always going to be cultural issues that you all see the same way. So I'm going to be walking a fine line here, uh, making sure that I tell you uh, what what I think as a therapist is really important. Um, this doesn't mean that I know everything about every topic that I choose, uh, but I do know some things about these things or I wouldn't pick them. And I have some passion about them or I wouldn't pick them because I definitely want to make sure that, uh, you know, you're getting a, a some, some kind of a perspective that is... Um, hopefully going to be helpful. And today, we're going to talk gun rights. Uh, we, over the weekend, we had uh, a mass shooting. And there were all kinds of assumptions. If you listen to my other podcast, you got you got the whole, hey, let's not jump to conclusions junk. <clears throat> but this one's a little different because I want to point out some things uh, that that as a therapist, I look for. Uh, I, I always try to stay grounded in reality. Uh, I am imperfect. There are going to be blind spots for me, just like there are for others. Uh, but remaining grounded in reality is extremely important when it comes to doing therapy successfully. If I get sucked into the rabbit hole of fantasy land with somebody, I cannot provide them good help and services. I just can't do it. So what is reality when it comes to... Uh, you know, gun violence and and our responsibility to it. I want to start with, uh, I'm going to share some things today. And some of them are, are probably going to you know, bother you. Uh, just hang in there. Uh, I am not passing a judgment from where I sit. Because it takes all kinds of people to make this world as, as good as it as good as it is. And I'm hoping that, you know, we can disagree on some things and agree on others. And at the end of the day, uh, we'll benefit because we know each other and we, we, uh, we, we talk, we communicate effectively, uh, not just yelling at each other, not just series of monologues, but actual dialogue where what you say matters to me and what I say matters to you. That's, that's the hope. So I'm going to, uh, you know, dance down that reality fantasy line. See, some people think that guns kill people. Some people think that uh, guns don't kill anybody. Uh, neither one of those are reality. You know, people use guns. Guns are a tool. And those guns 
are an effective tool at killing. And that can be a problem. Does the gun itself kill somebody? No, the person kills them using the gun. And it's such an effective tool for killing that when it's used, um, it can create massive uh, amounts of death in a very short period of time. And some people are like, hey, well, then you have other guns to take out those people that are using those guns inappropriately. That's one possible solution, but it's not going to solve everything. So there have to be, uh, you know, we have to take a look at these other options. It's foolish to just dismiss them. That being said, let's go into the facts about why gun rights are in the Constitution in the United States. Some of you may or may not like this, but I'm going to share it anyway. Uh, The easiest thing to do in terms of going to the facts is to go back to the Declaration of Independence. And I point that out for those of you who are following along on YouTube or uh, uh, Rumble. You're going to see something that I have highlighted here. Uh, I, I think it'll come across in gray. And this is part of the Declaration of Independence. Now, let's remember context and time. Some of the things in here, like the Declaration of Independence was written during a time where slavery slavery was written into our constitutional methods. Uh, Not cool, not cool at all. And, uh, you know, across the board, slavery has affected Black people, white people, brown people, uh, people from different countries. Like it, it, it's affected all of us in different ways, whether we were slaves ourselves or in terms of our history, um, <clears throat> or if we owned slaves ourselves. So it's going to have an impact. Uh, my lineage, just a frame of reference, we came through, so Italy to Czechoslovakia where there were likely to be slaves because, I mean, think about Czechoslovakia as slaves. I mean, it, it, just look into it. It's not hard to see that. Chances are there was uh, some avoidance of, of, of slavery in my family of some sort um, because slavery has been around since, since the beginning, unfortunately. A lot like prostitution has been around since the beginning. Um, and we move on because this is about gun rights. Gun rights in the Constitution were created because of an oppressive system. In Britain, people were being oppressed, religiously persecuted, oppressed. And as a result, uh, a bunch of people fled. They immigrated to the United States. Now, uh, you can say immigrated. You, I mean, use the language. Like, I, I know we're opening up a whole different Pandora's box here, uh, but let's just be real. They came to the United States. They did not come from the United States. That's important. And during that time, that oppression got so bad that they, the, the people here in the United States said, we have to create a power dispersion system of some sort. And one way in which they did that was to create the Second Amendment. That was one method. Obviously, they had things like, you know, separating the powers of government as well, because they wanted to disperse power. 
That's really what they were into so that not one person could attain such a level of power, like a king or a dictator, that they could rule over the people and make them sit in discomfort. So as it reads, it says that to secure these rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, those of you who've been around for a while, you know I talked about the pursuit of happiness and what it meant at the time was often things like the right to protect our property, fence lines, uh, branding uh, of cattle, um, stuff like that. So uh, we can go into that some other time, but secure these rights. Governments are instituted among men, not over. They were very careful about that. They did not want the government to be a power over the people. They wanted it to be a power used by the people and for the people. Okay. Deriving their powers from the consent of the governed. That means the people maintain some of that power. And some of that power that they maintained comes from the Second Amendment. It doesn't say that in there, but that's truthfully where some of that came from. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it. Okay, now I'm not saying abolish the government. I'm simply reading what caused us to have something like the Second Amendment and to institute new government laying its foundations on such principles and organizing its powers in such a form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Safety, safety, safety is a big deal, right? Now, how do we keep people safe? Well, in that time, guns were used to protect the life of the self and those that were around us, as well as our property. So guns were critical at the time. Absolutely critical. Are they as critical today? Some would suggest maybe not because we have all these other things. And some would suggest it's just as important because if a government overreaches, there has to be a means by which to stand up. Now, uh, we could argue, well, we do that through politics and we do that. But what happens if the overreach takes over that? There's an argument to be made on both sides. I get it. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. It's saying we don't change things just for the sake of changing them. There has to be a meaningful reason behind the change, which by the way, that right there is probably becoming an issue right now because sometimes people are making changes just for the sake of making changes. And what do I say? But what do I mean by that? Uh, some of the changes that are being made are purely for financial gain. That is undeniable. Look at, look at our government. You can see it. It doesn't take long to figure it out. And that can be light and transient causes. And that, that could be an issue. We should dig into that some other time. And accordingly, all experience has shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable. In other words, we'll choose to suffer because it, it comes you know, without change. We don't have to make a change to sit and suffer. 
than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. In other words, it has to get really bad before people are going to stand up with their arms and say, enough is enough. It has to get really bad because otherwise we'll just sit and suffer, which is true when we look historically over not just the American way, but when we look over other cultures and civilizations as they developed, people would literally sit and suffer. They would sit and suffer for a lot longer than we would think that they would sit and suffer because that is, it seems to be a more natural tendency. And then it goes on and on and it says we should, you know, potentially be willing to throw off governments that, that overreach. And so it goes. Now, government overreach and balance of power. Those are two significant reasons as to which we have the Second Amendment. Like, we have it to make sure governments don't overreach and make sure that should they, there's a balance of power. Now, can we ever compete with the military weapons? I mean, at this point, no. Uh, not at all, not even close. That being said, if the government overreaches as far as it, you know, like it, it gets really, really bad. I'm mumbling my words. My apologies. If it gets really, really bad, is it possible that some of those military grade weapons end up in civilian hands? Um, it's possible. And I say that because there are people in the military who will fight for the Constitution at all costs, which means if a portion of the government, let's say the judiciary system, decided to overreach super far, there would be people in the military, just like civilians, that would stand up and say, no, the judiciary has its limitations, just like the executive branch has its limitations, just like the, uh, the uh, legislative branch has its limitations, and they are not allowed to overreach. Who knows? I hope we never end up in that position. And if we do, I guess we'll find out. So we're going to switch gears and we're going to talk about fiction. Those of you following along, you saw me, I just switched to screen. Here's a fictional statement for you that some people would like you to believe. Free-for-all gun ownership is just rampant in the United States. Uh, false. That is absolutely unequivocally false, not true. It is not a free-for-all. It is 100% not a free-for-all. Why? Uh, I just had this discussion with somebody about background checks. If you go to a licensed dealer to get a weapon of any kind, they are legally required to background check you. Every state. I believe it's every state right now. If you go to a private person who has a gun, then that background check isn't necessary. So there are loopholes. That's problematic. So the black market, can, you know, guns can flow pretty freely uh, in most states. So what do they do? They create uh, a list of weapons that you cannot have. That already existed. That has been in existence for a long time. Fully automatic weapons? are illegal for the most part. There's very few exceptions. They're either banned or severely restricted, depending on what, where you are and what your reasoning is. Fully automatic weapons, okay? 
short-barreled shotguns and rifles are generally illegal. Again, there are exceptions, but they're generally illegal. Okay? Assault weapons, depending on the state, often can be illegal. And sometimes they're not. It really depends. So it depends on the state. High-capacity magazines. <laughs> There's already been limitations in many states on magazine capacity. These are facts, people. Like it, don't like it. These are realities. I live in reality as a therapist as much as I possibly can, trying to make sure that I understand I got blind spots just like others. But I'm trying to live in reality here. So free-for-all gun ownership is just not a thing. It's just not a thing. Can you get your hands on just about anything? I mean, if you want to break laws, of course you can. Should you be able to? No. But people can oftentimes. So I point that out, those facts, because I want you to understand where all of this stuff came from, because this is reality. Some people will say, well, we'll never need to overthrow the government. Mm -hmm. I hope, I pray that that's true. And yet, every government in the history of human existence that's been documented, every government at some point had to be overthrown. Every single one of them. Now, it, the only exception so far is the United States. So, what does that mean? It means let's not be foolish and assume that what has happened forever and ever and ever as we know it is not possible here in the United States. That's just ridiculous. We've got a 100% success rate at failure and we're going to assume that we're not going to fail? Eh, probably not a good bet. Probably not a good bet. I want to point out a couple of other facts that I just want to make sure that the reality is being painted. Suicide by gun. Suicide comes up oftentimes when we talk about gun rights. 52.8% of successful suicides, I believe that was 2021. It was either 2020 or 2021. 52.8% of the successful suicides were by gun. That means a couple of things. One, guns are a very effective tool at killing people. Um, when, you, when a person uses a gun, the chances of them successfully killing themselves or somebody else goes way up. That's a reality. So for all you gun owners out there, it's very important that you do the best you can to protect yourself and others from accessing guns when they're in distress. That is a fact. Okay. What else does that fact mean. It means that, oh, a little over 47% of successful suicides had nothing to do with guns. Why does that matter? Because a person who wants to die can find a way to die. Just like a person who wants to kill can find a way to kill. Do we want to stick the most effective weapon in their hand? Absolutely not. And a person who wants to die or to kill can find a way to do that. Now, I don't want that to happen. I'm just putting that out there because it's a fact. It's, it may not be what you want to hear, but it is reality. Reality. Not fantasy. 
Another fact I want to put out there, another reality to look at is this is a reality. In 2021, there were 39 million tags issued for hunting. That's a lot of tags. Now let's follow that down the rabbit hole for just a second, just because I want to paint the picture. That means a lot of people are using their weapons for hunting. Now, what kind of weapons do you need to hunt? It depends. It depends on a lot of factors, right? If you're going to go and shoot birds, uh, you don't need a 30 6 You just don't. Uh, matter of fact, you wouldn't end up with any meat and it would be a wasteful killing. In my opinion, bad idea. I don't like that kind of hunting personally. I think that goes against our nature. Our nature is to protect, right? We, we kill animals for food. And for some of us, maybe we partake in it because it's fun and food. For those who are doing it just for fun, I'm going to ask you to check your soul. Like, have fun if you enjoy that kind of a thing. But the primary purpose of it, it's like the primary reason we eat is for fuel. Well, the primary reason to hunt is for food. And if we happen to enjoy it, that's a bonus. If not, then don't do it. There's plenty of other options for you these days. You can let somebody else do it for you. Okay. But 39 million tags also does something else when we look at it economically. 39 million tags. Let's say only half of those were filled around the 20 million mark. Think about how much that reduces the cost of beef, chicken, pork, and all that kind of stuff in the stores. These people, if they're doing it for food, which I hope and pray they are, they are reducing the cost of other things that the rest of us need or, or think we need. If you're a vegetarian out there, you're probably going, oh my gosh, this conversation. They're reducing that. That's good. We want that to happen because it keeps things more reasonable and affordable for you and me, which is good. We like that. Hey, look, I painted some pictures for you about gun rights, where they came from, why they're here. I am not telling you what you have to believe. I'm a therapist. That's not what I generally do. Uh, what I'm telling you is be realistic. Don't live in this fantasy world of all guns are bad. No, that's not true. 100% not true. Don't be unrealistic and think that all guns are fine. Uh, no, that's not okay. And we've had laws in place to prevent the sale, purchase, or possession of lots of different kinds of weapons over time. And that's a good thing. We should have some regulation and they should be reasonably placed regulations. I hope this was helpful, uh, you know, giving you some context so that you can go into the conversation based from a place of reality. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Take a look at the details of our podcast for links to our website and other helpful information.